Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number seven of the Recruitment Website Show with me, Mark Wilkinson. And with me, Keith Devon. How are you doing today, Mark? I am very well. I have been for my first run today in, oh, must be, I don't know whether I've run this year, actually. I think it might be my first this year. And yeah, uh, yeah I feel really good, which is good. I, I used to do a lot of running. And uh, when I got COVID last year, I kind of stopped then. I never really restarted it properly. I sort of went yeah. for a few bits and bobs, but never really got back into it. So I'm determined to get back into it now. You, um, you did a mega running year once, didn't you? I did, yeah. Was it 2017, I think it was? Mm. I ran over a 1,000 miles. I think it was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was good. So you set yourself a target, didn't you? And then the target kept getting pushed, made bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was like, yeah. yeah. The first target was a mile a day because I'd never run before, really. So I thought, yeah. if I could do a mile a day, that would be good. And then I kind of, it became obvious in like about a month that that was just going to be ridiculously easy. Um, yeah. So then... I set a target of running from Land's End to John O'Groats, the distance that was, which I think is about 870 miles or something like that. Um, and then I'd managed to complete that. I think it was by like the middle of November. And then it was like, can oh, I right. do can I do 130 miles before the end of the year to get to 1,000? So yeah. um, I managed it, which was good. So yeah, that was good. That's cool. Get back good. Into it. Anyway, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, yeah, enjoying being here, watching my house getting built. So that's kind of cool. It's come together. Plasterers are in. So it's starting to look like a, starting to look like a house from the inside. It's really nice. Although there's always the risk that I'll just lose power and internet at any moment. So if that happens, you're on your own again, Mark, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, well, there we go. So today then, um, we are going to be talking about what do you get for your money and why the sites sometimes cost so much. So um, we titled this sort of episode £100 versus £100,000 recruitment websites. Yeah. And the idea being is that you can you can get websites for a, just a massive range of money. You know, you can get websites literally for 100 quid, And if you're starting out, maybe that's what you should be getting. Um, but you can also get websites for very big money and like what's to just cover some of the differences that you're going to get and why sometimes websites cost a lot more money than other websites just so that people have got an understanding of the sorts of uh, processes and things that might happen in the background that you might not be familiar with so that's what we're going to cover in today's uh, episode if you are watching along on youtube uh, live or even on linkedin um, we'd always appreciate any likes it really helps the the website show the recruitment website show get across to more people so do like the video if you want to subscribe um, please do so as well and then you can uh, watch the future episodes that we may um what we're doing we always do an episode most wednesdays at half past one um yeah. and that's uk time so yeah be good to hear from you if you've got any comments as well put them in the comments um and we should uh, be able to get to them we always like taking questions so um kick us off then keith 100 pounds yeah. versus a hundred thousand pound websites well yeah i thought i thought you know there's a kind of two arbitrary figures but they are i think realistic in some ways and of the spectrum uh, when it comes to getting websites delivered. You could obviously spend less. You could probably get a website up for free. Um, you could also spend more. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure some big recruitment agencies have done so. Um, but I thought those were kind of two good numbers kind of near the ends of either end of the spectrum. Um, 
So I thought maybe a good thought exercise would be like if you had a hundred quid, how would you go about getting a website and what could you get for that kind of money? And if you had a hundred grand, how would you go about that process and kind of what would that look like? And then kind of how do those two differ in terms of the end result? I think that could be interesting just to to discuss. So I guess, first of all, if you had a hundred quid mark um, and someone said to you, build a recruitment website, what would you, what would you do? So to clarify, am I building this for someone else and they're paying me a hundred quid or uh, am I... Am no. I a recruiter that's building it and I've got a hundred quid budget? Pretend you're a recruiter that's building it and you've got a hundred quid to spend. Okay. So I think what I'd probably do, thinking off the top of my head, is obviously I'm going to have to use some ready-made service. Um, I can't build something myself for that unless I actually do it all myself. Yeah. Um to do that, I would need to know what I'm doing. And I'm going to assume that I don't know what I'm doing because I'm a recruiter and not a website person. Yeah. So I can't sort of, you know, get a web server and start doing that sort of stuff because I don't understand that. So therefore, I'm going to have to use some service that's out there. So I'm probably going to be able to use something like Squarespace, Wix, WordPress.com. Um, yeah. You could probably get a free one with that, but you might want to pay for some of the sort of enhancements that they offer. Mm-hmm. like a nice theme, et cetera. Um, and that kind of involves signing up. It involves doing a lot of it yourself anyway, because you're going to have to log in. You're going to have to pick a template or a theme or something that makes your website look the way it does. Yeah. And those sorts of services have uh, lots of those available. Some are free. Some of you have to pay for because they're a bit more advanced. That might be worth 100 quid goes. Um, I'm then going to have to add all the content myself, and tweet the colors and et cetera, et cetera, until it's to my liking. So yep. that's what I'm probably going to do for 100 quid. Um, yeah. Would you do the same? Yeah, I think so. And I think that, like I was going to say there, where have you actually spent the money? And I think things like Squarespace cost about 100 quid a year. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that would be like a hosted DIY website builder. Yeah. Approach. I think that's really the only way you're going to get this done. And I guess some of the, well, maybe we'll come back to the drawbacks. Um, yeah, let's come, let's come back to the kind of differences afterwards. But yeah, like you can, like you've described, it's kind of short and sweet. You know, you choose, you choose a tool. So you mentioned Squarespace, Wix, WordPress. There's actually loads of others as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's quite a few to choose from, isn't there? I think. Um, yeah, and, and in terms of like your money, it would go on. And what you, so what are you paying your hundred quid for? You're paying for the hosting, the backups, the the the, the thing that your website runs on. Essentially, it's kind of looked after completely for you. Um, yeah. But it, you are managing the site yourself, the content, everything like that. No one's kind of doing that for you, which is yeah. uh, which is interesting. And I'd say at that point you've got to accept that this is very much brochureware in terms of yes. like there isn't really going to be any particular recruitment focused functionality or any fancy integrations um, for that kind of price point. Okay. So a hundred thousand pounds. Um, what might that look like? Or should I, should I have a crack at that? I think, 
I'd promise to get the recruitment website and just go on a beach in the Bahamas. And then... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if someone gave me that in a suitcase. <laughs> yeah, okay. it, no one's handed you the cash work, all right? It's in a, market, it's in a marketing budget for the year. Um, and you've got 100 grand. But like, how, how would that process look different, do you think? Well, with the 100 quid one, you're, you're very much fitting into what someone else is offering. So those services will have a set offering, you know, essentially. There are customizations, as we've mentioned, but you're going to get something very off the shelf, et cetera. If you've got £100,000 to spend, and I guess we're using that as just a, a lot of money. It doesn't really matter. It's a hundred. It could be fifty grand. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's yeah. just a lot. You've got a lot of money. You've got a lot more to spend on it. Um, you can you can have more of what you want. So you've got the ability to sit and think. Right. Well, what do I want my website to to do? How do I want it to look? How is it going to be better than my competition? And you can actually spend the money on making those decisions yourself, rather than being shoehorned into something that might not be right. So you might have to start off with something that we often do, have a discovery session with an agency who's building your website and say, you know, they can get ask a lot of questions and you can answer them and then they can come up with ideas for you. Um, you might have um, some branding, for example, done to make you a nice brand, you know, whereas with the 100 quid one, I'm just perhaps going to use my, you know, a text-based brand essentially uh, rather than having a proper brand built. That could be something to do choose, with it. Choose your own colours, choose a font that you like the look of, that kind of thing. Yes, all, that all of that sort of stuff stage you probably don't have loads of branded material that all needs to like work together you might have a business card or something like that but you you know you might have a cheap logo but there's yes. not very much that you know it's it's not brand isn't like as critical at that point that's true that's true um you could you could work with someone to decide what content you're going to put on your website so a content yeah. strategy to, to, to then publish articles or, or content on your website that is going to help bring candidates, clients, and consultants to your business. Mm. Um, you could spend some money on that. Um, you might want to look at, like, user interface, user experience, experts to, to bring in. Um, that's something you could do. Uh, you then want some sort of designer to yeah. design options for you so they can take that brand that you've done, your colors, and your topography and then they can design you some pages that's going to present your uh, company in the best light yeah uh, what else would you put on that list keith i mean there's there's all kinds of experts when you're talking about that kind of money there's all kinds of experts that you could bring in that you might not have even thought of um one of the more obvious ones is like seo so, yes. I mean, Very you, if you're spending that much money on a website, you want to, you want to make damn sure that some people are going to see it. Um, so you probably end up working with an SEO agency of some kind. You know, again, you're spending a lot of money on it. You're spending money to get people to it. When they get there, you want the content to be good. So you might be spending money on a copywriter, uh, you know, for like conversion optimized copy uh, or to write your blog posts and things for you. Um, you might want to spend money on a photographer or an illustrator or something like that for the kind of imagery on the website. Um, you know, you can, you can quickly tell this is all adding up. Um, then we haven't actually built the site yet. We've only designed it and kind of and got the copy and, and, and images. So someone needs to build this thing. Um, and at this kind of price point, you know, it's, it, it is a custom design, so it's a custom build as well. You can't just kind of shoehorn it into 
into a platform like like a templated style platform um so you need to build it on top of something that's that's very kind of flexible um then there's other there's other kind of expertise around accessibility which becomes more and more important um as your business grows and arguably it shouldn't become more and more important but i think from a legal point of view and a risk point of view it, it does um Everyone should be doing the accessibility stuff as well as they can at any level. But in, in reality and in practice, it does matter more to the bigger companies. Yeah. Uh, on the same kind of vein, you might want to hire some kind of security expert to do like an audit, like a one-off audit or ongoing audits of the project and work with your web developers. Maybe that's something your web developers do anyway. Um, and then you've got things like hosting. So, you know, hundred pounds a year for Squarespace, it's, could easily be a hundred pounds, a thousand pounds a month for for web hosting. Um, need to think about maintenance contracts and things like that. Like who's who's going to be kind of supporting you on an ongoing basis. Uh, and then there's things like we haven't even <laughs> we haven't even talked about like functionality like job boards and things like that. Yeah. We haven't yeah. talked about multilingual is a massive one. So we we done some multilingual work, and you can almost double the cost of a project uh if if multilingual comes into it so that's a big big one then yeah, multilingual any- is one of those things that it sounds easy like every just you know every page just needs to be translated into a different language like what's yeah. so hard about that but the sort of nuances and complexity that a multilingual website brings it, it is it is vast in terms of the, 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 the cost that that can sometimes put onto a site unless it's the most basic of translations and things. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah definitely worth thinking about. If you're thinking about multilingual, you will need some pennies. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And, yeah, there's other ways to approach it. But, yeah, if you want a full kind of integrated multilingual solution, that is not yeah. cheap. Um, yeah. And then there's other, there's other integrations as well. You know, we haven't talked about, like, custom integrations with – crms or job posting services or uh news newsletter tools or marketing automation tools and um and all these things so every time you're adding kind of like something custom and you want to do things a very specific way you know you're adding you're adding cost um yeah absolutely i don't don't know how many points we covered there but like say it's i don't know 12 or something you know each one of those each one of those areas doesn't get a huge budget at that point so you can see how it might sound like a lot but you can see how things quickly add up you know we've worked on a project before where the the web development phase alone was about 40k so that like that did include multilingual it did include some custom integrations but that you know that's not us doing any of the well we did some design but not like the majority of the design was taken care of we are not doing any cop- copywriting for that we're not doing any kind of um you know we obviously we haven't, didn't do any photography or anything for that so you can see like the, the numbers the numbers can very quickly add up so yeah if you take those 12 uh, let's guess there's 12 things there obviously that's what like nine eight eight nine thousand pounds each if you're going to spend a hundred thousand pounds and yeah. you think you know eight thousand pounds on branding it's yep. not it's not cheap you know it, it's it's but it's not a lot either in a way yeah. like you could spend yeah. companies spend a lot more than that so actually when you think about it 
you you could you could even double that, you know, and then get something really cool. It's it you could there's an infinite number of money you could spend on each of these, I guess. So why I guess the hundred thousand pound question is why would you spend that amount of money? Like what are you what are you getting? Like we talked about a process, but a process isn't results. So yeah. what are you actually getting for your business when you spend a hundred thousand pounds? What's gonna be better about that website than the hundred pound version that we talked about at the start? Well, that's a good question. And I think it depends how far down that process you're going to go. I, I would assume that most recruitment businesses wouldn't need every one of those things in that list. Agreed. And why would you need all those things on that list? The answer to that is probably because you are at a size where you need to outdo your competitors, if that makes sense. Yeah. And therefore, you need to be better in every one of those areas than your competitors are. And it becomes a bit of an arms race in that you need to spend more on SEO because you need to get higher in the rankings and you need to, you know, outdo your competitors. So the hope is that you're going to do that by spending more money and committing more uh, time and energy and effort into those different areas, your website is going to perform better for your business than your competitors are yeah. um, rather than picking something that's under equipped from you know one of those uh, providers that we've found before and it's unlikely that you're going to be able to outdo your competitors using those tools where you're very 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 restricted in what you can actually do yeah i think in like in the right hands you can get a really long way with lower budgets but it's Especially, I'm thinking like especially from a design point of view, things get pretty bad pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, you, you you can you can join Squarespace and pick one of their really beautiful templates, but as <laughs> as soon as uh, the average person gets their hands on uh, some design controls, uh, things can go go pretty badly wrong. Um, and then it's just some of that functionality, like you can't, as far as I'm aware. Squarespace doesn't do job boards. So as soon as you need a job board, I think you're automatically like at that kind of like next level up and you're talking, you know, probably about a hundred pounds a month plus from that point on from for, for like the job board side of things. Again, you could technically do it for free, you know, with especially with WordPress. Yep. One of the one of the you know many advantages of WordPress you know, install WordPress effectively for free, um, download one of the job board plugins, and you could you could have a really good crack at it. Um, but again, you know, it's time, it's expertise, what happens when things go wrong, what happens when things aren't don't work quite the way you expected. It's probably not going to look particularly pretty. Um, but maybe that doesn't matter at that lower stage. So yeah, I think that's a kind of like good intermediate price point is kind of hundred pounds a month is probably where you're starting at when you're talking about can maybe a proper recruitment website. And that seems to be where a lot of the recruitment website vendors kind of pitch themselves. Yeah, that's um, around around that level. Um I think so if yeah. you're starting out, if you if you're literally just starting out a recruitment company of which you're one of thirty odd thousand in the UK at the moment. Then, I mean, maybe a hundred pound isn't enough, but I wouldn't be committing lots and lots of money to it. You know, mm. test the water, get something up, 
get a, get a one page site up that puts your presence out there with some information about who you are and what you do and who you do it for. Yeah. And then, you know, see if that happens. And if you've got the ability to add other pages to that where you can drive traffic maybe from social media towards it, do that. And then once that starts to pick up and you're gaining, you know, you're gaining customers and so forth, then you can start to think, well, how can that work better and harder for me? Do you see a lot of startups who throw a lot into the website, you know, yeah. too early, really. You need to sort of test the water and see how it goes, I think, before you sort of really start to commit lots of money to it. Um, and see what you've got. That's just yeah. my personal opinion, rather than jumping in both feet when you're not really sure, A, if it's going to be successful, and, and B, like what you actually need. Yeah. Ha- having having starting out with something small and then making your business work for a few months and then seeing what areas you need to get better at, a website being one of them, will help you then to work out which direction you need to go. Um, and the, the yeah. answer isn't, is probably that you you don't need most of those things that we've listed out on that list for the hundred thousand pound website, but there might be one glaringly obvious bit that you think, yeah, I do need to spend some money on that because that's where my problem is. For example, you know, is it SEO that you're struggling with? Are you struggling to get uh, traction from people coming to your site because you're not ranking for the right keywords for the services and the customers that you offer? Yeah. It might be therefore worth spending money on SEO for the website rather than copywriting and accessibility and security audits, for example. Yeah. I'd probably argue I would spend money on copywriting before I spent money on SEO. Cause if there's no point in spending money on SEO, if, when they get there, the, the copies rubbish. Um, but it yeah. depends how good a copywriter you are. You know, we still, we, we obviously interface with a lot of recruitment websites and some of it's like, it's really poor. Um, you can tell it's a bit of a DIY effort and the design's not quite right. The The text doesn't really read particularly well or it's too wordy or it's not wordy enough or it's very kind of them focused rather than kind of their clients and candidate focused. And lots of these like obvious little problems that I think you wouldn't want to go and spend loads and loads of money driving traffic to that website because that tra- that website's not good enough in the first place so there's that kind of chicken and egg thing as well yeah that's true that's true cool yeah anything else to add uh i guess benefits of the hundred pound version i don't know i'm just trying to think yeah because we sit like we sit between these two extremes obviously like the websites that that we do but there are some benefits and there there is like sometimes it's like you said, you know, when you're a startup, you know, you don't need, you don't need all these things right away. You know, if you're only dealing with five jobs, you don't need a job board, for, exa- for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you could create a page manually for each job on, on Squarespace and that's, and that's, and delete them when they're filled and whatever, yeah. you know, there, there's, there's ways around it or just not have them on the site at all. Um, they're fast Definitely. as well. <laughs> like that, that's one of the advantages. Um, super, super quick. And the other thing I'd say a lot, a lot of money gets spent on design. And like one of the things that we highlighted there was UX, which is uh, user experience. And that is the process of kind of like coming up with, I guess wireframing is the one of the main UX tools. So 
you kind of do sort of like sketches of what the web pages will look like and where certain elements of the web, of those pages will be and how one page will flow through to the next page. And, you know, the logo will go up here and then there'll be a navigation here. Then there'll be some breadcrumbs here. Then there'll be a pagination here. And part of me, like, you have to be a very particular type of company with particular type of requirements to really have to go through that stage. Because for me websites are kind of like not they're not a solved problem but they're you know we we have we have best practices you know logo yeah. in the top corner navigation along the side to the right of it you know if it's a job board you've got your like facets down the left hand side and then a list of jobs down the right you've got breadcrumbs in certain places you've got hero sections you've got footer at the bottom you know these things are kind of solved and like we don't need to reinvent it every time i agree um, i think there's too many people dive into those things when you don't really need them yeah. because you know take take navigation on a website if you land on a website you will automatically go to the same place that everybody else does to look for the menu you'll go straight to the top but if you can't see a, ver a horizontal menu the next thing you'll do, I would imagine, is you will look in the top right corner for the Word menu or some sort of hamburger icon. Yeah. So if your UX process has decided that those two things aren't right, there must be a very good reason why that's not the case. That make you know, you, I can find it very hard that why that would ever come out of that process. Like that would always be the case, really, yeah. because our brains are just trained to use websites in a specific way, essentially. Yeah. I'm not saying there aren't instances where that isn't the case. You know, shops are probably, e-commerce is probably a different experience for user experience than it is for just uh, reading copy. You know, there's certain mm -hmm. things you want to put in place. But again, I would argue e-commerce is very similar. Not really matter what you're selling. There are always exceptions, but most shops and e-commerce things are the same, if that makes sense, in terms of yeah. the UX. Yeah. For a good reason, because that's because they work. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. this is interesting. But. Yeah, so just, I guess, I guess the moral of that story is spend your money wisely, you know, and don't, you know, th think, think about what you're spending it on and what you're prioritizing within that, within that process. And maybe you don't, you know, need to spend money. I said to you before the show, like, you don't need a professional photographer. You know, there's mm -hmm. lots of good stock imagery, lots of good free <clears throat> stock imagery, but choose carefully. Uh, and people's phones these days are amazing. Like you can take great yeah. theme portraits with an iphone or like a samsung whatever uh with a nice background and just put it in portrait mode get the team to line up bang 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 you know that's that's saved you hundreds or thousands of pounds right there like it might not be quite quite as good as a professional photographer but it'll be good enough for a certain price bracket and a certain size of business and, and yeah. all that stuff so yeah yeah just yeah about deciding what is that sweet spot to spend to spend what budget you have on it i think is, is important yeah. well hopefully that was useful to some people it was i certainly find that quite a good thought exercise as like what what the two extremes might look like so hopefully that's been useful um if you enjoyed the show like mark says give us a like subscribe if you want to uh that would be great and means we can keep putting out shows like this for you we like mark said we'll try to do one a week uh from now on we've got lots and lots to talk about in the future um so please do join us for a future episode and that's all from today thanks very much see you again bye-bye